Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever type of day you're having, I hope you're having a blessed one. And I want to welcome you to A Walk With Jesus. On this episode, we're going to talk about Gen 11, which is the, the Tower of Babel. We're going to talk about a few of the characters that are inside of this story. And we're even going to mention how this even plays into effect to today's society, the division that's created, and the chaos that's still amongst us. As a reminder of the Tower of Babel and why it was very detrimental to our society. It also shows us how Jesus Christ is the only reason why we should ever be coming together. is through worshiping Him, fellowshipping Him. For any other reason we get together is in vanity. So before we get started, I'd like to uh, give a prayer, opening prayer to this session. And I want to say uh, thank you again for joining us on A Walk With Jesus. Lord, we thank you for... All of our listeners out there, we thank you for all the supporting cast that we have behind the scenes that have helped make this process possible. Lord, I am grateful for each and every day that you have blessed me with, as well as each and every day that I am able to speak your word. I ask you, Lord, for this word to minister onto those whom is listening's hearts, ears, and minds, for them to be able to utilize this in their daily lives for them to be able to find nourishment and food for their souls and their bodies, and for them to be able to grow from this. We are thankful for them, Lord, and it's in your name I pray, my Lord. Amen. So, as I said earlier, the Tower of Babel was a very serious situa- very serious event that took place. So we're going to go ahead and go to the scripture, and in Genesis 11, we're going to start. It says, Now the whole earth had one language, and one speech and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east and they found a plain in the land of Shinar which is near Iraq and they dwelt there then they said to one another come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar and they said come let us build ourselves a city And a tower whose top is in the heavens, let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So if we backtrack a little bit, we go to Genesis 10. This is why this all is important. In Genesis 10, chapter 8, we find out about Noah's son, Ham's children whom we obviously found out that Ham's children were all cursed from Noah. So in Genesis 10, Cush, which is Noah's great uh, Noah's grandson, he would begot Nimrod. Nimrod began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And... The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Eric, Akkad, and Kalani, and the land of Shinar. From the land, that land, he went to Assyria and built Nevi, Rehoboth, Ur, Kalan, and Resen, between Nivenan and Kalah. That is the principal city. And then, so it goes on to telling us about all the other children that begot each other during this time frame, the genealogies. But during this time frame, we're reminded that Nimrod is the purpose for the Tower of Babel. He's actually the first ever king. So I'm, I'm going to give you a little history facts. Well, a little story about Nimrod. Nimrod 
is he was linked with the Tower of Babel. So if we look at Nimrod, his name, actually uh, him being the son of Cush, grandson of Ham, his great-grandson Noah, and as a mighty one on earth and a mighty hunter before the Lord. It's repeated throughout the book of Chronicles 110 and the land of Nimrod, used as synonym for Assyria or Mesopotamia, is mentioned in the book of Micah 5.6. So Nimrod would be... Uh, he would be like this ultimate hunter, this man that, of men. He would get into wars and battles and, you know, he was just, everybody looked at him. He was like their their hero, like nobody could defeat him. Well, I don't know how many of you actually have read or even thought of reading the Dead Sea Scrolls, but inside the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, the Book of Enoch, there's a book called uh, Jash Dashir. And in chapter 7 of Jashir, you hear about uh, Nimrod. But also, uh, to go back a little bit, it talks about how there was um, a special uh, garment that they would wear whenever they would go into battle. And it's interesting because uh, on chapter 7, verse 24, that, like I said, this in Jeshur, this says in the Holy Bible that we all have, but this is actually part of the Holy Bible that is in um, that is in Ethiopia. So just take this for a grain of salt, unless you really believe that the book of uh, Enoch or Dead Sea Scrolls is real, which you know I I kind of give it a lot of credit. But anyways, it says, and the garment of skin which God made for Adam and Eve, Adam and his wife, when they went out to the garden were given to Cush. For after the death of Adam and his wife, the garment were given to Enoch, the son of Jared. And when Enoch was taken up to God, he gave it to Methuselah, his son. And at the death of Methuselah, Noah took them and brought them to the ark, and they were with him until he went to, out of the ark. And in the going out, Ham stole the, those garments from Noah, his father. He took them and hid them from his brothers. And when Ham begat his firstborn Cush, he gave them garments in secret, and they were with Cush many days. And Cush also concealed them from his sons and brothers. And when Cush had begotten Nimrod, he gave them those garments through his love for him. And Nimrod grew up, and when he was twenty years old, he put them on those garments on and Nimrod became strong when he put on those garments and God gave him might and strength and he was mighty hunter in the earth yea he was a mighty hunter in the field and he hunted animals and hunted altars and he offered up upon them animals before the Lord and Nimrod strengthened himself and he rose up from amongst his brethren and he fought the battles of his brethren against all their enemies round about. And the Lord delivered all the enemies of his brethren in his hand. And God proposed, prospered him from time to time as battles, and he reigned upon earth. So here's where I come up to the point of them making him a king, supposedly, his own fellow people. On verse 35 of Jashir, chapter 7. And Nimrod went forth at a time, and he assembled all the sons of Cush and their families, and about 460 men. He hired also from some of his friends and acquaintances about 80 men, and he gave them their hire. 
And he went with them to battle. And when he was on the road, Nimrod strengthened the hearts of the people that went with him. So he did all this stuff. Like he, Everybody looked up to him. They're like, man, this guy is, wow, I feel very good about him. He is like so awesome and powerful. And he motivated these people. He was like a, an amazing you know, general. He was a powerful speaker, you know, which is what a lot of people, they get caught up in the speakers and how they speak. So now we're going to, from that part, to truly understanding, you know, who Nimrod is. Nimrod was the supposed first ever king that was around during the Tower of Babel. You know, these people all appointed him a king. And so we're going to now go back to chapter 11. Sorry about that, guys. I know I'm speaking a lot. But uh, also, on a side note, if you're looking for this information online, you can go to www.sacred-text.com slash chr slash apo slash jashir, which is j-a-s-h-r slash seven dot hcm. That's where you can find that information at. So... Anyways, or you can just buy the book of Dead Sea Scrolls, Book Enoch's, whatnot, and you'll be able to read that. And like I said, that was when we discussed aliens and angels, that was discussed in that one about how Enoch brought an even more clearer uh, picture of the Holy Bible and brought it more together. So, uh, to give a comparison of the Tower of Babel, as we can see, it's being bri- built from sand. They're making it under bricks. Well, look at this. What else was built out of sand and bricks? Yes, you're right. You're thinking of it. The Pharaoh, Egypt, maybe they were called uh, pyramids. Pyramids were probably constructed ideally exactly like the Tower of Babel. In fact, I'm pretty sure some of the people uh, that actually remained from that time frame period probably thought of that manner. And that's why those those were actually replicated and even created. They are probably handed down generation to generation. So we're going to go to Gen uh, 4. We'll go from gen, on Gen 4, which will say, let's see, sorry guys. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down. Now this is a pretty scary picture. God coming down. So God's coming down and he says to them, city tower which sons of men had built and the lord said indeed the people are one and they had to do now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them come let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another speech so the lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there is the Lord confused the language in all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. So if you look at this, in this time frame, God has now come down. He's now struck the building in which they're constructing. He's now shifted them, the continents, the seven continents now. He's now created the different races from the whites to the blacks to the Asians to the Spanish to the people of darker skins. He's now created this division of tongue. 
Now everyone is looking different, sounding different, acting different. People are being split from each other. Families split from one another. And it's so crazy to really think about this. Because if you think about how God has now impacted all this, He says to them, all you're doing is creating trouble. You're creating trouble because you're coming together. Your plan is to think that you're going to build this tower and climb to heaven and try to see, act as if you are me. I mean, imagine this thought process. This thought process coming from a man, Nimrod, whom God has seen and knows his power, and this man supposedly uh, favored, but now this man has now over overstayed his welcome so here's a little here's a little uh point uh the tower here the tower builders use the words us repeatedly yet they never mention god they true they attitude resoundingly echoed satan's unholy ambitions as expressed in the words of babylonian so if we go from there the king uh, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like Most High. That's in Isaiah fourteen thirteen and fourteen. The people were driven not only by rebellious pride, make a name, and self sufficiency, but fear lest we be scattered. So if we look at um, what eleven five meant, of course God could see the Tower of Babel from the moment of its inception but for the writer to mention that he came down to see the city humorously emphasizes how far above their tower the lord was the people could never reach the heavens or attain god's greatness no matter how high they might build and then finally it talks about nimrod's attempt to move all people to shinar directly opposed god's command to multiply and fill the earth so God scattered the people from the point on from this point on humans diversified into distinction linguistic ethnic and uh, social grouping and in the need of message of God's grace so we even see another uh, references in Joshua 24:2 the point is to Gen 11 is it breaks down Ham's family and how they go all crazy and rogue and then it talks about you know a little bit later it talks about how we get the stage set for Abraham and so you imagine Abraham's getting ready to come into the picture during this time frame the whole world's been scattered everybody's abroad from one another and you imagine God is now looking to start his own people his own group He's already done it with Noah. Noah filled up the earth. So now he's looking amongst the two sons' bloodlines that are left. You have to choose from Shem, or you have to choose from the youngest son, uh, Jephthah. And of course, God chooses Shem to start the bloodline of, you know, with Abraham. It does not mean that, you know, the youngest brother's bloodline's cursed, but it just shows that. The oldest son is the one that God's going to go through, the bloodline. He sees this 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 way to get things going. So uh, I did a little bit more research on this process. 
Uh, so the Tower of Babel, it says the builders of the tower. If you think about it, the Bible record, records does not state who the people were who journeyed to the east and built the city of, and Tower of Babel. The indefinite, they might be taken to mean whatever people were there at the time the record was read. And probably presupposes that the reader would certainly know as the Tower of Babel bears and native inscription a Sumerio uh, Akkadian name. It may be supposed that the builders referred to the belonging belonged to the race. So that's on BibleStudyTools.com slash Bibles dash stories slash the dash tower dash of dash Babel dot HTML. And then it talks about the meaning of Babel, the place where they built the tower was called Babylon, which obviously would know later on would play big dividends into uh, uh, the book of, well, actually it goes into the prophets books where they prophesize about it from Isaiah to Jeremiah. And then it goes into Daniel where it actually uh, becomes a thing. And you even see pieces of it and uh, later on. But the point is, is that it's interesting how everything's established and set up, how God puts these little bits of crumbs in our lives and we, we don't understand them at the time. We're like, oh, I don't I don't understand this guy. Why why is you know the Tower of Babel even relevant? Well, let me ask you guys this. Let's fast forward here. We're now in the year twenty twenty. COVID nineteen's hit. We now have all this division amongst the United States, amongst the world. Amongst everything. But yet there's still a reflective shining light out there. Now reflective shining light is Jesus Christ. Which when we come together underneath Jesus, I've seen happiness. I mean, I'm talking about truly coming underneath Jesus. I've seen happiness. I've seen tears flow. I've seen joy. I've seen people that have no remorse because they realize that there's one entity, one Savior that forgives them of their sins. And His name is Jesus Christ because... My brother, my sister, I tell you that if you really, truly want to find salvation, it is through His acceptance. It is not going to join the left group, the right group, the middle group, the groups that are marching, the groups that are sitting. It's to really give yourself to Jesus. Because none of those groups are going to matter. None of those groups are going to get you to heaven. They're just going to get you marching up and down the street, or sitting down, or you're going to be mad, waving your wrist or fist at the radio or television. This whole purpose of this podcast is to create a family. And it's brought to you by Hidden Manna, which is the hidden food that God provides you. And I'll do my research and I'll do my studies and I'll continuously grow my biblical world. But at the same time, I wanted to enlighten each and every person that takes the time to listen to this podcast and say thank you. Because we're going to grow together in our walk with Jesus. So I'm going to pause right here. And if there is a part two to this, then we'll continue on. You'll see uh, Tower of Babel part two. Well, maybe Chris will join me on it. But I felt very pressed today to get this one out here. Especially realizing that there's so much division already out in the world. And that the Tower of Babel goes hand in hand with it. The, the fact that one man thought that he could be close to God. That he could overthrow God. That he got an entire nation of people, a group of people to move to Shinar to create this structure that would eventually become the demise of man in general and create all the problems and stress and depression that we all face. I mean, it's truly a sad thing.
because only it's sad because you really think about it. One man destroyed us all, but one man's what brings us all back together. And his name is Jesus Christ. So I'm going to close out with a closing prayer and say this. Lord, we love you. We thank you for those who have stayed tuned and listened to this sermon. Listen to this scripture, listen to this research. We ask for whatever is useful to be used in their life, and whatever isn't, just fall to the wayside like the grain to the ground. But for them to be able to take these pieces and to chew them up and to, and to help them grow as followers, believers, or someone may just be starting their journey and not know where they're at. But we thank you for them. I ask you, Lord, if there's anybody at this time that does not know Jesus Christ, for them to come and surrender their life to Him and repent of their sins and accept Him as their Lord and Savior. For there is no need to wait till tomorrow to get this done. It is to be done today, Lord. If it is on their heart, for them to just shout out to you, say, Lord, I love you and I need you and I accept you as my Savior. Lord, I am just thankful for you and I'm thankful for all that you blessed us with. I'm thankful for this podcast and the audience. Lord, I just want to say that I hope that each and every person that's listening to this has a blessed, wonderful day today and that they know that they are loved, that we love them and that we are grateful for them. And before I let y'all go, I want to remind y'all that we have an email. If y'all have any questions, concerns, complaints, or even thoughts, you can always go to it's hidden manna, H-I-D-D-E-N, manna, M-A-N-N-A, 1027 at yahoo.com. Please hit us up with any questions, concerns, complaints.